0: The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is
1: advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800.
2: Welcome to passion this is a show all about love sex and relationships and tonight after 10:15 we focus on uh, sex addiction, sexual compulsive behavior. I'm going to be talking with uh, certified sex addictions therapist Sandra Lax We'll discuss together uh, healthy sexuality after addiction how do we develop how do we go from an unhealthy sex life to a healthy sexuality? And how does the partner, how do the partners deal with the triggers of the trauma? Remember, usually with sex addiction, there's betrayal when they're in partnership. So we'll deal with that. But first.
1: Time to check out our inbox. Your calls and texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion now at 514-790-0800 or 514-800.
2: Remember, you can always email me your questions, too, to laurie at drlaurie.com. But before I uh, get to your specific questions, a couple of announcements. On Valentine's Day, we're going to have a very uh, special evening where I give out lots of prizes. So it'll be our game night, uh, sex trivia questions uh, for you. You just have to get one right, you get a prize. That's as easy as it it is. We'll have gifts from uh, Vivaldi Restaurant, uh, Luscious Lavender, gift certificate for uh, sex toys, We'll have a pair of tickets to a play from the Code St. Luke Dramatic Society. We have a, um, a massage, a Swedish uh, massage from Campino, and many more, sex toys and uh, lots of other things. So uh, be ready on uh, February 14th, If you, especially if you're alone and got nothing to do or your date is over. Well, tune in, and uh, we'll have some fun together. Also, I want to announce that if you are a parent of a uh, an elementary school-aged child and would like to hear more about talking about sex with your kids and also finding out a little bit about uh, what is meant to be taught in the schools, and if you have questions about that, I'm going to be giving a lecture at Merton School in Cote St. Luke. That's on Tuesday, February 12th at 7 p.m., but it's open to the public at large. So that's 7 p.m. on Tuesday, February 12th. And again, Merton School is located at 5554 Robinson Avenue in Cote St. Luke. So this is... Uh, it, important information especially if you've got uh, little kids in school and you really want to know how to open the conversation and what kids should know and at what age and how to address certain topics and all of that so uh, hopefully you will uh, you'll come if you um, could use some of that information all right let me get to some questions I got a couple questions by email here Uh, okay super embarrassing to say the least however I believe I have a cyst on the shaft of my penis and I've seen my doctor and he said it's nothing to worry about and suggested that I use a warm washcloth to loosen the skin and try to squeeze it out. However, it is not working and I don't have the confidence to have intercourse with this cyst bump on my penis. Any suggestions? So first off, I am not a medical doctor. So whatever I'm going to tell you is really based on the limited knowledge I have about this kind of uh, situation and my general knowledge simply about what healthy genitalia uh, looks like. But if your doctor has examined you and says it's nothing to worry about, then why doubt him? And if you doubt him, go see a second, get a second opinion, go see another doctor, maybe a skin doctor. Uh, it is common to deal with uh, cysts by applying warm compresses. The only thing is, squeezing them, uh, to me, I, may cause infection, maybe might cause uh, a scarring of some sort. So I say go see a skin specialist, like a dermatologist, and see if there's another way that it can be uh, remove. There's, they have all kinds of things now to remove things with a laser. Like I've had a little mole removed with a laser and left no scar whatsoever. And so there's things that may be able to be done. Of course, the thought of, you know, putting a laser to the penis, I'm sure is, is not thrilling. Uh, but there are maybe other ways to uh, deal with this, but especially if it makes you just uncomfortable uh in terms of image, like your own, uh, body image. So something you can do about that. And as usual, another penis size question. I think we get one of these every single night. My penis size is one inch without erection and three and a half inches in erection. I'm so worried about my sex life. I'm getting married in March. I masturbate for the last 11 years. I'm 21 When I was 10 years old, I started masturbation. Could you suggest some medicine so that I can get back my healthy penis and good timing? Uh, So first of all, penis size is not related to your masturbation activities. The other thing too I question when people give me the size of their penis, how are they measuring it? because there's different ways of measuring the penis like how far to the base are you me- measuring and all of that so there's there's that issue and it's perfectly normal for uh, to have a, a small flaccid penis and for it to, to grow uh, bigger and even a very like a even a one inch could grow to five inches basically in its um in its erect state. The erection is the, the, what we call the great equalizer. But the, just to give you, the world average size is about five inches erect, properly measured, uh, and not necessarily self measured. Okay? Uh, that means, though, that there are many men with smaller than five inches, and there are those with larger ones, and that's how you come up with an average. There is no medication that will magically make your penis grow, unfortunately. Also, the size of your penis is not going to determine whether you will be a good lover or how satisfied your wife will be. A good lover takes their time to pleasure their partner, communicates well about sex, uses a lot of foreplay. And the reality is that the majority of women do not orgasm with intercourse alone. So they do need all that other kind um, of stimulation, but it is a concern of uh, a lot of men. If you ask women, for the most part, I'm not saying all women, for the most part, women don't care as much about the size. And we're not talking about a micro penis, like a one inch erect penis here, but they don't care all that much if you know how to use your hands and your mouth and they love all the rest of you. It, it isn't a make or break. Unless it's a simp- It's simply for a, a sexual relationship, then that could be uh, maybe a different um, scenario. Also depends on the size of the vagina, by the way. There are big, small vaginas, bigger vaginas. So uh, we'll see how it all fits uh, together and it may be just fine. Now, I, I've said this before. There is, um, I do have a listener who swears by this again. He says do 500 Kegels a day for about a year. Okay, so 500 super flexes is, is what they're called. or super, super Kegels, which you could look up, I suppose, to see if it's something that would interest you. Uh, but those are, are simply contracting and releasing the uh, pelvic floor muscle and you do this when your penis is erect and uh, it's, it's also like doing weights another one I heard is you put like a, a like a towel over your erect penis and lift it lift it release lift it release so you've got to do this a lot a lot and for a very long time and he says it has made a difference no science to back it up uh, just anecdotal evidence So there's your uh, anecdotal evidence right there. All right, coming up on the program, Sandra Lax joins me. Uh, Sex addiction night. We're going to specifically talk about healthy sexuality after addiction, developing uh, a healthy approach to sex when you've had a really negative relationship to sexuality. So we'll focus on that.
1: Your relationship's on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800.
2: Tonight we focus on sex addiction. And joining me as she does every month is Sandra Lacks, Certified Sex Addictions Therapist. Hey, Sandra. Hi, Dr. Lori. Great to be back. Great to have you back. Now, just before I get to uh, our topic tonight... I wanted to just add this text uh, because it has something to do with the question I answered earlier. Uh, just a comment for your texture with the cyst. I had a large skin tag close to the same area and my dermatologist removed it by laser and I only felt a mild discomfort and barely visible scarring. Hope it helps. It does help and it's nice to hear from people who have experienced certain things so that uh, our listeners can get that uh, information. Okay, so uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, healthy sexuality. Because, well, let's talk about what's unhealthy and why uh, sexual addiction is unhealthy. We start with that, and then we move to the healthy stuff.
0: Yeah. So, uh, sex. So, did you tell your listeners, Laurie, I haven't listened to the beginning part of the show that we did a presentation last month in Toronto. I did. Where not. we talked about uh, the the uh, the sex addiction, and we talked about healthy sexuality, and I thought it was a really beautiful marriage of the two. So, um, oh, I'm so happy to share online some of the things that we we taught at that conference. So, um, and that caught just so, to
2: add that conference yeah. was for couples as well. So, yeah. uh, both partners were able to uh, to hear this.
0: Yeah. So when we talk about unhealthy sex related to sex addiction, so for those listeners who haven't uh, you know, heard uh, the, the sex addiction uh, show before, any information about sex addiction is sex addiction is a process-based addiction, which is different from a substance-based addiction. So processes are things that we do in behavior, like food, uh, like compulsive shopping, and like sex, versus substance-based addictions are things that we ingest, like alcohol and drugs. Right. So uh, when we we're talking about sex addiction, we're talking about a behavior that someone uses to numb out or get high from the reality of their lives or to cope with uh, very often, you know, unprocessed childhood trauma or experiences of abuse. So when we're talking about unhealthy sexuality, sex addiction t- typically has um, a number of sort of highlights to it, which is that it involves secrets. Um, it promotes disconnection rather than connection. It can be dangerous or self-destructive. So often there are consequences that, that someone with an addiction, with sex addiction might face, similar to someone with a general or, or a different addiction might face. Um, there's a lot of isolation that happens within sex addiction. Yes. So we call it, you know, a double life. So someone has maybe the, the life that people see them have. So maybe married and, and with children and have a, you know, a top job and then they have um this this darker side or this the secret side where they're acting out which which could include many things so sex addiction commonly looks like um, masturbation masturbation even to the point of injury or masturbation to you know times where much like an alcoholic can black out from uh, alcohol and lose track of time that can happen with compulsive viewing of pornography as well um, it also includes sex with you um, with uh, sex, compulsive sex with prostitutes mm-hmm. and yeah, and sex trade workers, um, and uh, and and affairs. So, uh, but just to be clear, not all affairs are sex addictions. Right. Um, but uh, quite often within sex addiction there are infidelities.
2: You know what's so, interesting? Yeah. If I can just add, also sometimes what, um, uh, like I have spoken to people who will identify themselves as sex addicts not because they're having sex with anybody else, but because they they're using social media to kind of set up dates. They never actually act out or, or do anything sexual, but they are continuously seeking out and they get a charge from connecting to others. Yeah. So they'll, they'll sign up for Tinder and they'll sign up for all these things. um, But yet but these are people who are vulnerable to acting out because something stressful can happen and it, 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 it won't take much to follow through. Right. And I think what you're talking about,
0: absolutely, Lori. I see that as well. Um, what you're talking about is the intensity that, that we see in sex addiction versus intimacy that we see in healthy relationships and healthy sexuality. Um, So I, you know, I often, you know, when I was working exclusively with uh, people struggling with sex addiction, I'd often hear, you know, I hired a prostitute and then all I wanted to do was talk, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't even have sex and they would compulsively hire uh, prostitutes and then wouldn't act out sexually with them, just wanted to be around them. And I think there, that, that something in that um, kind of highlights the need for feeling powerful. and, and also that there's no risk, there's very little risk of rejection with sex addiction. So when we're, we're, we set up sex or uh, a relationship with, it's, it's a unilateral power dynamic.
2: There's also no um, vulnerability. So, there, which,
0: exactly, right. you cut off vulnerability when you when you are watching pornography. You have the choice to turn it off or turn it on when you want to. Something's right. always there. When you're going online to look at different people, you know, compulsively on Tinder or, or various other sites, you know, you have the power to turn that on or off. You can choose if you want to talk and respond to someone or not. There's very There's little, if not there, there's very little intimacy in that, and that's what appeals to someone with addiction because they don't want to feel and they don't really want to connect. They actually want to numb out or get high from the feelings that they're going through everyday life with.
2: Right, and oftentimes uh, they don't want to connect because of the fear. They may not even be fully aware of this, but they discover it through the process of therapy. The fear of letting someone in to their dark side.
0: Absolutely. You know, under the highlight feature of sex addiction, and, and many addictions, particularly sex addiction, is feelings of shame and unworthiness. Right. And so that's where the darker side lies. Um, and so yeah, to, to let someone in would then be to risk feeling unlovable.
2: Right. And right? it's so, and risk, yeah. Yeah, it, it's so interesting, because often, you know, we talked earlier about the the veneer or the the image projected out you wouldn't know that that person has the dark side because they project success and marriage and uh, from the outside looks perfectly uh, stable or healthy but well, there that that secret that double life that darker side that lives within them I'm eventually. Eventually, people break under lots of different stressors. Whether it's within the relationship, within work, within their trauma comes to the surface. Something triggers it. Uh, So it's hard to keep it hidden forever.
0: Yeah, it's much like you know for people who are. wrapping their heads around this addiction um, it's very much like a functioning alcoholic versus someone who's not a functioning alcoholic right so there are lots of people with sex addiction who you would never suspect struggle with this with this compulsivity and um, there are other people where you get a sense that they really are struggling people that insert sexual humor when it's really inappropriate people who over sexualize people and aren't able to keep that at bay within themselves so you know it really it really mimics you know, other, other substance-based addictions and also other process-based addictions right. like gambling, you know, it's high, It's really high risk behavior.
2: Right. My guest is Sandra Lack. She's a certified uh, sex addiction therapist. She joins us uh, pretty much every month to discuss the issue of sex addiction. And we talk about it because it's prevalent enough. I see it in my office regularly. She certainly sees it. Uh, regularly it's very destructive to the individual it's very destructive uh, to the couple lots of couples break up over this after the discovery of this uh, secret life but then there are a lot of couples who manage to with a lot of work and and dedication and commitment uh, work through this and really develop Uh, a healthy sexuality between them and that's what makes it gratifying for us right Sandra as as workers in this field otherwise we wouldn't do it but uh, it it is gratifying because we know that success is possible we know that uh, the process of therapy and and the process of healing is there when people reach out for it
0: Yeah, you know, I I often tell clients that the the more you're willing to work through the darker areas of your life, the more light you you tend to experience. And so what I see when couples are, when both people in the coupleship are really, really, really doing the work, you know, we we titled the the conference that we led uh, Healthy Sexuality Involved Couples because that's actually where couples who are doing the work, you know, go to. They're, they're highly evolved as individuals and as couples. They know where each other ends and the other one begins. They know how to support the other one through, you know, very deep feelings and 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 support them in their passions and desires. And uh, and and I think, you know, what beautiful partnership. And so, yeah, I wouldn't do this work if it, if I didn't see what was possible. Oh, but. You know, and sometimes, you know, when something breaks down, like, you know, there's a discovery of sex addiction, the the relationship as they knew it is over, you know, you really have to start almost the relationship anew Mm -hmm. and the opportunity to build with that kind of support, with that kind of intimacy, with that kind of love and heart and, uh, you know, and just uh, like a ferocious attitude to get to the other side, it's remarkable,
2: Yeah, it is. And the compassion that it takes also to see your partner who is suffering. Like Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people say, oh yeah, that's an excuse or that's an ill, you know, you're, you're just saying it, it's an illness or what have you. But when you work with, with true compulsives who come into your office, who are desperate, who feel so much shame, uh, and, and feel such vulnerability and, um, and so fragile really Yeah. that you have, it's hard not to feel that compassion for someone who is suffering to that degree. Yet there are partners who will just be, well, just won't give it a chance. Well, you did this, I discovered this and it's over, which I can respect. Everybody has their boundaries. Absolutely. Of course it's, it's not, I'm not judging anybody who walks away either. And there are different degrees and different impacts and, um, Trust is really hard to rebuild after intense betrayal. So that's a that's a big big factor. So um, coming up I do want to talk I want to get some questions if anybody has questions for us at 514-800 you can text in questions. If you're wondering if you're a sex addict or uh, you're you, you're wondering if your partner is, or you've been dealing with this. We certainly would love to hear from you. Um, but I do want to talk about something called uh, betrayal trauma, betrayal trauma, and then talk about some of the like how you get past some of the the triggers because you will be triggered as a partner if you. Um, If you continue and if you work through the relationship, it's not just all roses right after. It's a process, and it's a long process for many. So I do want to talk about uh, that kind of uh, betrayal trauma and how that trauma affects both people in the relationship. But first, we'll go and check in with our newsroom here at CJD 800. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised.
1: It's sex out loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800.
2: Tonight, we focus on sex, uh, sex addiction, sexual compulsive uh, behavior. She joins me every month, Sandra Lax. She can be reached at sandralax.com. She is a, uh, a sex addictions therapist, certified sex addictions therapist. She's out of uh, Toronto. So we're talking about healthy sexuality and developing healthy sexuality in a relationship uh, after the discovery or the... Um, yeah, I, I guess the discovery, D- disclosure, the yeah. disclosure is the word, right? Yeah. Uh, so I just want to read one thing about, there was a, a great quote from um, these uh, researchers, Firestone, Firestone, Stone and Catlett. They say, a healthy sexuality includes components of communication and acceptance of love, expressing emotion, and giving and receiving pleasure, having the ability to enjoy and control sexual and reproductive behavior without feelings of guilt fear or shame that really mm. sums it up in just one little paragraph oh
0: i love succinct sentences and paragraphs Lori. like really is what gets me jazzed so yes absolutely like that is healthy sexuality and before the break we were talking about you know what what then is the trail trauma that trauma that you know and i think uh kristen stonen says it really well is Betrayal trauma is the damage that's caused when you experience betrayal in your relationship that damages the trust, safety, and security of the bond you have with your partner. So we can't experience betrayal tra- trauma unless we have a deep sense of safety and trust with the with our, our partner. And right. so um, all of the things that you just mentioned that are part of healthy sexuality that get taken away when there is that type of betrayal that occurs, you know, from infidelity, but, and also, you know, from sex addiction. Well, yes, so, and
2: usually, which involves, well, many times involves, remember, infidelity and is about betrayal, not necessarily the, 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 the behavior. A person exactly. can feel equally betrayed by discovering that their partner spends hours on pornography rather than spending time with them. So it doesn't have to be that they are having sex with someone else, but the fact that they have had something secret that they thought they knew their partner and then discover that they have this whole other side that they knew nothing about. Exactly. And that's traumatic.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, further to that is, you know, when, when spouses and partners or or loved ones find out about uh, the sex addiction, there are, there are some things that they do that really can, make the trauma much worse and there are things that they can do that actually help heal the trauma and move towards a healthier relationship whether it's with that person or not um and also healthy sexuality so some of the things you know are really important to recover from from um, re- uh, relational trauma or trauma of the betrayal is to not blame yourself right when someone has an addiction like alcoholism we don't typically blame ourselves to the right. same degree with sex addiction right um you know is uh, focus on yourself and your own healing. So this is often a time where I'm guiding spouses and partners to, you know, recommit to their exercise regimen, to recommit to self-nurturing behaviors, to focus on self-care, um, to focus on things that make them feel good, that are, you know, comfort versus numbing. Um, And then uh, have a community of support around you because with sex addiction, it can be a very stigmatized disorder because it's so misunderstood. Um, And so it's really important to seek out support uh, so that you have people that that can support you and also that you can talk to openly.
2: Yeah, and Montreal does have groups. Uh, Chabad Lifeline offers uh, sex addiction treatment, but they also offer uh, group work for partners of uh, sex addicts. They also offer uh, family therapy and all kinds of stuff. so uh, they kind of treat every every part of that system. Sandra, I have a question Wonderful. here for you. Yeah uh, Can your guest elaborate upon what quote "doing the work actually means in practice with a few examples as well, perhaps?
0: Great question. Yeah, I mean it, mean, it means different things to different people. So as part of the certified sex addiction therapy community, we have this sort of gold standard. It's the trifecta for the highest results yielded when, when recovering from this uh, disorder or, or loving someone through their recovery and recovering ourselves through the trauma so, the first one is talk therapy. So, that's individual therapy, doing your work, going to see a therapist on a weekly or bi weekly basis, focusing on healing your heart, and, and for the person struggling with the addiction, focusing on limited, limiting the damage from the addiction and gaining, gaining sobriety from it and recovery from it.
2: And understanding with, past traumas, working through traumas as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. That, you know, 93% of people who struggle with an addiction have an underlying um, trauma history. Uh, 93% can include neglect. It, uh, at a lower percentage, it can include uh, physical abuse. It can include sexual abuse. So, um, yeah. And and on top of that, 83% of people who have an addiction also have an underlying, oh, I'm sorry, 81% of people have an underlying mental health issue. So, you know, you've got to really do a full assessment of, of someone's mental health you got to do a full assessment of someone's trauma background and weave that into the care that, that the person is given. So right. that's absolutely really important, Lori. So that's Which, number one is, right. is getting individual therapy. Um, number two is um, doing group therapy. Group therapy is really powerful. When I was working at a, a clinic in the US called the Meadows, it was all, you know, it has uh, that the Meadows has a very um, success driven model because all of it, is, uh, is is um, done in group therapy. So it's automatic shame reduction. You know, it's very hard to sit and think that you're terminally unique with your trauma or your abuse. When you're sitting in a room with, you know, 10 to 13 other people that, right. that are saying, me too, I've been through that, I understand what that might feel like. Because one of the things when we're suffering, whether it's from trauma or trauma and addiction um, or and mental health issues, is we believe that we're alone. We believe that we're... You know that that shame that tells us what we're unworthy tells us also that we're unworthy of love and belonging, and so it really keeps us tight in a corner and in the dark. So uh, individual therapy, group therapy, and then 12-step meetings. You know, and uh, and I know a lot of people struggle with getting themselves 12-step meetings because they believe that there's this really big focus on God and, and you know some people who. You know, there are lots of people who don't believe in God. So just for the record, 12-step meetings are really about integrity, accountability, community, safety, and intimacy. Right. And so I say to my clients who are agnostic, um, or you know, or don't don't believe in God, you know, put your higher power as anything that you really like. You know, for me I love swimming. So, you know, if I if I didn't believe in higher power, which I do, but if I didn't, I would probably put swimming at that place that is feels bigger than me, right? Um, some people choose nature. Some people choose, you know, people who know more than them. So you really don't have to make it something as spiritual as a higher power or a god. Right. It can be anything of your
2: choosing. Right. And the important thing is that you, it, it, it's organized. So there, the steps yeah. that you take are meant. They've been studied. You know, they like this is. They're meant to bring you through a, a slow process of recovery.
0: Yes, absolutely, and and the process of recovery, you know, for people think that they're going to go to a therapist and get better within like three months. The the reality is that recovery from sex addiction and betrayal trauma takes about three to five years. Yeah. It's a while, right? And and that often happens. Sometimes I'm working with clients who who you know have been married to people struggling with the addiction, and there was never any any healthy sexuality or healthy relationship that 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 person came in with already the addiction ingrained and kept it hidden for 20,
2: oh, yeah. 30 mm-hmm. years. We see and that a lot. Yeah, we see that quite yeah. a bit. Uh, so coming up, we'll talk about, uh, continue talking about the, the betrayal, the trauma of betrayal, but also how to, how to cope with the triggers as you are, as your uh, couple is healing through this, uh, this trauma that's next.
1: Straight talk that's all-inclusive. Passion with Dr. Laurie. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800.
2: We're talking tonight uh, healing after sex addiction. Sandra Lax joins me. Uh, she can be found at sandralax.com. She's a certified sex addictions Therapist, I, too, work with uh, compulsive uh, sexuality and people who, who suffer from this and helping them, I do the, uh, the individual therapy and then send them off to do some of the group work that Sandra was talking about. Uh, so I just want to talk about some of the sex that comes up post-discovery, let's say. Because oftentimes what I've noticed is you get couples who may... Uh, reunite quickly. Like they have a, almost a honeymoon mm-hmm. period. So they kind of use sex to win each other back or to build trust. But unfortunately that doesn't last. Uh, yeah. there's uh, people who avoid sex altogether. You have people mm-hmm. who are having sex be- simply because they're angry. So it's like angry sex or competitive sex. So it's important to understand the different types of sexuality that, uh, can occur within a couple once the disclosure and the discovery, uh, is made, but then begins, then begins the process of, uh, of reconnecting. One of the things you said, Sandra is the first thing is recognizing that the recovery, his or her recovery is, is their responsibility, the addict's responsibility, yeah. not yours. Don't become their therapist
0: oh that i see that so often right and i often you know sitting with clients and i and i'm encouraging them we actually use the word retire so you know we we say you know i retire from being this person's therapist i retire from being this person's mother i retire from being this person's fixer i retire from being this person's rescuer i retire from being this person's enabler
1: Absolutely. and the
0: list goes on mm-hmm. so so often when we love someone who's struggling and, you know, to avoid our own reality, we try and save the other person. And that's absolutely an enabling behavior for the addiction. And it's also a way to stay out of our own feelings and reality. Right. You know, and, and absolutely, one of the ways that, that I see uh, people try and manage the addiction, if they are the partner of the spouse, is, uh, you know, when there's a disclosure made, which is disclosing that there has been a sex addiction, Oftentimes, the spouses believe that they need to have more sex with, you know, their their partner.
2: Exactly, it's um, not so about that, the that person though.
0: Stray, right? Yeah. It's like it's like giving an alcoholic more alcohol, you know. <laughs> and uh, it just it's because, for the first and foremost, the person has to develop a
2: healthier relationship with with sex. sex. Right? It's not and because yeah. there's the misconception that if I had given enough sex to my partner, they wouldn't have That's done amazing. that. But it isn't about it. Really, isn't about the sex.
0: It's That's about right. the, the
2: lack of connection.
0: Absolutely. The same way that a lot of women who find out that their partner has been unfaithful or, or struggling with sex addiction, you know, they look to themselves and, 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 you know, focus on their own scarcity. So, you know, if my body were fitter, if I were prettier, if I, mm. you know, didn't nag as much, I mean, that, I mean, that just doesn't have a thing to do with sex addiction. Right.
2: However... However, when you're dealing with uh, partners, you, we also have to examine the dynamic and the dance between that partners, because oftentimes I will hear the sex addict who might say something like, um, I, I, I feel neglected by my partner. I, um, I feel invisible. I feel like there's a groundwork that is all that also makes them vulnerable to that, So even though they may want to connect, they may not feel they can connect or they, they, or they may not feel they can be vulnerable. So it's not like that the other person shouldn't take any responsibility. They have to take some, some of the, uh, I don't want to say burden, but s- some of that. As being part of this dance, whether they enabled it, whether uh, they didn't stand up for, didn't talk about their own needs, whether, whatever it is. Yeah, and that's you know
0: that's further down in the in the healing process right. is to to really look at you know what are some contributing factors that kept the relationship unhealthy. It might be that the addict stepped out and and engaged in their addiction, and then what are some of the things that contributed to continuing to make it unhealthy from the other side? You know, yeah. and when we're talking about healthy sexuality, because I think it is important because we mentioned you know what's unhealthy sexuality is when a couple reunites and and really does the work, like I I mentioned, and and does the individual therapy and the group therapy and the 12-step meetings. Um, And just so uh, for information purposes, when when there's an addict struggling with sex addiction, uh, S.A. is the acronym for uh, Sex Addicts Anonymous. Mm -hmm. So uh, S.A. meetings would be where the person with the addiction goes. Essanon is uh, spouses of, uh, of sex addicts. So those right. are great resources for uh, 12-step meetings. Right. But healthy sex really, you know, it embraces our bodies. It, there's an identification with self and a communication of what we each, you know, experiences pleasure. There's intimacy. There's communication about sex. Often, you know, when there's a sex addiction present, there's no communication about sex. That's if right. there is communication, it's why you're not having it. Um, it is, you know, healthy sex is really mutual, right? So that means that, you know, whereas the partner may have before gone along with having sex because they thought that that's something they had to do. um, It's really about setting up boundaries and deciding, you know, uh, yeah, I'm willing to have sex tonight or no, you know what, I'm just too tired tonight. And that's okay. I don't have to do that because also many spouses believe that, they have to keep the appetite of the recovering addict in check right? and fulfilled, and that's not their responsibility. Right. So,
2: um, and part, yeah, part totally of it, too, we talked about communication, which obviously is very important, but developing ways of being honest and transparent and empathic in, in terms of communication with each other. So if you've, especially if you've been having not been able to communicate without all the conflict that... You need to find a way where this is part of it, uh, gratitude and appreciation towards each other. You've got to be able to get to this point. You have to be able to let go a lot of your anger and resentment. So this is why we say it's such, it is a long process, but it's also a very gratifying one in the end. Yeah, when we, when we
0: look at the difference, you know, just the three three specific differences between unhealthy sex and healthy sex, When you know, and this is for everyone. This is not even just specific to, to sex addicts and their recovering, you know, their, their recovering partners. Um, you know, unhealthy sex is built in fantasy. It's fearful, it's avoidant, it demands perfection. You know, often it can be a reenactment of childhood trauma, and it's grim and joyless. Yeah. And so healthy sexuality, it uses vulnerability for excitement. It's really based in reality. There's a lot of honesty and integrity embedded in it, you know, and it's also about imperfections, you know, and and, and in that imperfections really cultivates a sense of being an adult, right? It's being able to say, you know, I think for women,
2: um, yeah, I have, you know, I have some cellulite on my legs and then I'm still sexy, right? <laughs> Sandra, and, I just and, want to use the last yeah. minute or so to talk yeah. about, uh when uh, when when couples start reconnecting in bed it is very possible actually probable that that you will be triggered uh yeah. meaning that you may have a flashback or you may have a thought that kind of cuts off your uh, your arousal, or you, you suddenly begin to feel angry, it's okay. You're allowed to be triggered. You, it's okay for you to say, I'm being triggered right now, and I just need to stop. And yeah. the, your, the partner has to respect those limits, staying calm, um, affirming your reality, put yourself right back into the here and now remind yourself that you are in control right now is really, uh, is really important. And just remember that it's part of that process. Well, we'll have to continue this discussion, uh, another time, my dear, There's <laughs> a lot month, to talk sorry. about
0: next month. We're on. All
2: right. Thank you so much. Sandra Lax, uh, can be found at sandralaxlax.com dot com. Uh, if you want to connect with her or have a question, I also want to refer you to another website. It's a great resource, the IITAP. So go to IITAP.com and they have uh, all kinds of resources for you. If you believe you're suffering from a sex addiction, want to find out if you're suffering from a sex addiction, you could do a little online uh, test and then puts you in contact with uh, certified sex addictions therapists uh, basically around the world. Uh, that's it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. Totally appreciate that. Uh, Dave Simon, thank you, our technical producer. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Batito on all social media platforms, or you can go straight to my website, drlori.com, and feel free to send me your questions anytime. Uh, questions about sex, love, and relationships. Coming up next, uh, right here on CJED, you've got the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion.